This is a HeadGum Podcast. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. We listen to To Be Alone With You by Sufjan Stevens. And we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. Yeah, I'm a kid. I'm a hard. Consider the source. Hey. God, consider the source. It's me. I'm a fan of my mom. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. We're going to have some good Christian fun. That's right. <laughs> Caroline, what's your thought right now? Oh, I'm well, I, I, I'm thinking we missed Pride Month. No, well, this By is a, us making it up. This is Happy Pride Month, just like a, a, a just a <laughs> titch bit late, just like a, a week off of the actual <laughs> schedule. And of no, course, they don't get extra months. You get one per year. You get one, and, then- and that's generous of us. Thank you, <laughs> Nike. Thank you, Adidas. Thank you, NFL. And thank you, Ice, who uh, recently tweeted out some happy thank Pride you, Month stuff. Thank you, Ice. Thank you, Ice. Thank you for the support. And thank you, Taylor Swift, uh, who that clip was of. Is that good grammar? Picture to Burn. It's a song in which one of the lyrics is, you're gay. And that sort oh, of yeah. became a, a little TikTok meme. Which oh. <laughs> she did change the lyrics of it in in more recent iterations of the song. Uh, but at the time that she wrote it, when she was like 12 or whatever it was, the lyric was, I'm going to tell people you're gay. Or, yeah. Or whatever the case may be. <laughs> but like so many things, the queer community has reclaimed it uh, for itself. And like so many other things, the Christian community is now reclaiming that thing for themselves today. And then ultimately, Taylor will reclaim it. That's right. Once again. And and the Oris Boris continues ever on. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Good Christian Fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, the music and the movies and the entertainment made for and made by Christians. But listen, we're going to be straight with you. I mean, happy Pride Month, but we're going to be straight with you. We're not here to make fun (laughs) of you. And we're not here to make you go to church. We're just here to have goofs and grins and laughs and have fun. We're not even here. I'll say, you know what? We're not even here for a cohesive uh, worldview or perspective to impart to you at all. We're just going to no. kind of go where the wind blows as far as that mm-hmm. goes. Yeah, we're, we're always just in like a goofy, silly mood. Goofy, silly, and then very agreeable with whoever our guest is. Like our yep. guest could literally say anything and we could say, totally, yeah, for, for sure. That's exactly right. So just to let our guests know today... You do have that power. You can warp this show into whatever kind of show you want it to be, just depending on your whims today. (laughs) So uh, wield that responsibility and that power wisely. Today, we're talking about a gentleman who we've talked about and inferred and referenced on the show many, many, many a time, but never actually devoted any episode length 
to discussing, but now today, 188 episodes in, we decided, okay, it's time. It's, it's time. time. It we is needed that time. Sufjan Stevens. We're talking. Suf Jan. Suf Jan. Suf Comedy Jan Stevens. <laughs> when we're talking about the song To Be Alone with You uh, and for another edition of Singles Ministry. Caroline, just real quick. Sufjan, when did he come into your life? We'll get into the rest of it, but like, do you remember a time when it's like, oh, Sufjan is now a part of my life. I've heard of him. I've listened to some of his stuff. Like what era? Yeah. Was it high school? Was it college? I know exactly when it was. It was uh, freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. And um, the little guy that I was seeing at the time gave me a lovely me? tape deck. Wait, the little the guy? The little guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was a little guy. <laughs> because all, all guys were little at the time because you were yeah. a kid yourself. Yeah, or? we were like 15, so we were little. I was a little little girl. <laughs> he was a little guy. I usually refer we were to little, little guys it up. as like toddlers or dogs. or <laughs> but Stretching the little guy. Little guy is new. I'm bringing it back. Okay, um, good. And uh, he he decorated like a tape for me, a, t- a cassette tape, because that's all I could play in my car that was so old. And he had like painted it blue and yellow and done like the whole Kazmir Polanski, uh, Pulaski uh, artwork on it mm-hmm. and then like filled it with songs from Sufjan and gave it to me. It was so nice. And I played it all the time. And wow. it kind of got sticky in the tape deck. Well, <laughs> shouts out to paint. that man. However many, like, you know, 10 or 14 <laughs> years ago, whenever that was. Very little did he know that he would be referred to on a podcast. Like little as he was scribbling the artwork down, doing yeah. an outline, making sure it's it good for small his little table. girl. Just a little chair, like kindergarten chair. <laughs> One day he would be memorialized <laughs> and commemorated as... That little guy that I used mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> oh, boy. Let's get our guest in here. I'm really itching to do it, friends and folks. She is a writer. She is a comedian. You may know her from her podcast, Reply Guys. Give it the hell up for Julia, Julia Clay. Wow. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Are you overwhelmed right now, young lady? Yes. Little girl? <laughs> little, I'm just, I feel like just a little guy right now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? In the presence of God, we're all kind of little guys. We little are. Guys. <laughs> and that little guy, his name was Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. That's mm. right. The littlest guy of all. Jesus will give you mixtapes if you are close enough with him. And that's kind of the story of the gospel is that God, the infinite being and creator, became a little guy. Yeah. He was yeah. brought down to heaven and brought down to earth rather and became a little guy. That's right. Well, little um, as he could be. He was a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys said that you're just going to kind of uh, co-sign anything I say because I really have been wanting to talk about some of my more fringe 9-11 conspiracies. Yeah, get yeah, yeah. And we want to get into it. it. <laughs> as someone whose mother has recently dabbled in 9-11 trutherism, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do it. It's this. all in the family. Yeah. It's, it's your legacy. Simply. It's your birthright. <laughs> it's your birthright. It's ground zero. Yeah. I think I do think that my, my new roommate, who I'm moving in with uh, in a few weeks, is going to is a 9-11 truther. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's going to be a challenge. So, well, because y'all um, been on one of those like Reddit boards, right? And it was kind of, I'm looking for a roommate too. <laughs> we already have this in common. Let's go. I think night one, you should do fondue night 
And the theme, it just be like jet melted fuel. cheese. Okay. Yeah, Mel- melted jet fuel can't beams. Yeah. steel beams. Mm-hmm. Let's talk steel about beams. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the steel and beams then- could be like little pretzel sticks you dip in the fondue. Yeah. So- oh. Wait, is this a good theme party, Caroline? Should no, we not it's burn not. this Kevin, on the please podcast? Don't do it. <laughs> and then and then we watch loose change. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. That's a bonding time. Um good luck with that. That's Thank like you. a um, fun. Be a little journey for you. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. <laughs> Two little guys on a little journey. Well, Julia. Two little guys. <laughs> we're thrilled to have you on the podcast today. Uh and we would love to know your history with faith and religion. With the Lord. And and yes, with the Lord with more the specifically. Guy. The big yeah. guy. Little guy to big guy relationship. Little guy to we, big guy. We call that like a vertical relationship. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So I was, uh, I was raised Catholic, as so many are, and I was like, we were not a, uh, you know, a Christmas and Easter family. Like we went every week. Um, my mom, my brother, and me. Um, yeah. and I was pretty involved in the the church i was in like peer ministry which was just kind of a fun club honestly and i was a lector like i would read from the bible at church Mm. Um, during the main like mass the main event wow and honestly looking back on that now i do know that that is just because i loved attention and i was like i'm gonna show everyone how good my public speaking skills are it's literally how pastors are born. One hundred percent. But when you do that, do you get to like jazz it up and riff, or is it just a straight across no, the plane reading? No, 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 no. This is not riff your... on the Bible reading. Well, I'm just. That's... I mean, then riffing Jesus on the... is like no. whatever, guys. What's up? You know, riffing on <laughs> riffing on the Bible is like every evangelical pastor I've ever experienced. This is true. This is true. Um. So, anyways, I went off to college. I had a a bad experience. That ended up in me uh, becoming born again. Okay. I was. uh, Okay. It didn't happen like overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, I just like had this experience um, that was like pretty traumatic my freshman year. And then Mm -hmm. I went to, I was at a Catholic college. Uh, I was Mm -hmm. at Loyola University, Maryland. And I couldn't sleep uh, for days. And that's very unusual for me. I'm a famously good sleeper um i know and that's why we booked you on the show like people said that about you and i was my reputation precedes me i gotta get it wrong it's it's like one of those things that you know you i have to bring it up everybody knows it (laughs) um yeah everyone knows i'm a good good sleeper so uh, i'm you know just walking around campus really late at night uh one night and just kind of like losing my fucking mind and then um walking there was nobody out really on campus and walking down the other side of the stairs in this big outdoor area was the president of the college Mm -hmm. who was a catholic priest uh uh shout out to father brian lenane he just retired hey um hey relax sir and basically i like i don't know what came over me i was so delirious and i was just like Hey, could you have a minute? <laughs> yeah. And so Which I for him to is him. probably the dream. Uh, you know? I don't know. He's like a busy. He's a president of the whole college. He's so busy. Like <laughs> I, high like, level was, stuff. <laughs> yeah. He was not trying to do like individual ministry with an 18 year old <laughs> tall girl from Massachusetts. Um, 
But I was, yeah, I was like really delirious and kind of lost. And so I just like talked to him and I did like a little confession with him almost. And then he was mm. like, can I, can I pray for you? And I said, yes. And then we prayed together. And then I slept like a fucking rock wow. that night. And then I was like, well, that's God. There wow. you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I started like just dipping my toe into more stuff, more churchy stuff. Um, and then I got, I started doing a Bible study off campus with some kids from campus who went to like a non-denominational church. And then I transferred schools. I went to, uh, the university of New Hampshire and I didn't know anyone there. And so obviously I was like, well, I know that they have an inner varsity, which is like the intercollegiate, uh, Christian group. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I'm going to check that out. And then that became like my whole social group. Yeah. And New Hampshire, oddly enough, is like where I experienced like the deepest immersion in evangelical culture. It was hard. Like I was always kind of treated as secular mm. because uh, I was actually because talking about like this Catholic today. background. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a big thing. They yeah. that was like a big a big one is they like be like, well, Catholics aren't real Christians. Like I they would say that to my mm. face all the time. And I was like, oh, my okay. God. <laughs> All right. Well, no, that's cool. Uh, I love that. Uh, and but, you know, what I experienced in New Hampshire was so much about the social rules of evangelical mm-hmm. Christianity and the cultural expectations therein. Mm-hmm. And I really just bumped up against a lot of that. I, I was in an all women's Bible study, of course, and I, um, you know, it came up once the the famous debate within evangelical young people uh should girls be able to wear bikinis to the beach mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at my and campus it was leggings that was like that i was, mean in general and and for those that don't know like listeners that uh aren't as familiar with christian history that is one of the central arguments that did lead martin luther to nail the theses to the door and did start protestantism yeah i mean paul wrote so many letters about the thickness of spandex the thinness which was acceptable which Mm -hmm. not you know so many epistles were written Mm -hmm. about spandex and bikinis Um, yeah and and what people don't know and this did come out in some like recent translations is that the thorn in paul's side was actually the side of busty babes at the beach right and that was the thing that was like keeping him humble in a way because it was such a temptation it might have been i i was just i was so i was so frustrated because again i was treated as secular i was treated as kind of like on the outskirts like i was begrudgingly accepted i would say by uh the a lot of the people there like they liked me they thought i was fun but they didn't like they didn't think i had any real christian bona fides uh and it was a like undoubtedly was a struggle for me but it was like that was the cultural stuff really was hard for me and i and i also would be like and it's fucking not biblical like when when we had that debate in my bible study about girl like if we go to the beach with our group of friends why do i like why do we have to make such a huge effort on covering up when the boys don't and it's just assumed that girls don't have sexual desire it's like men are so visual and Mm -hmm. you know it's like and the 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 biblical line that gets trotted out in arguments like that is like i would never do something that would cause my brother to stumble something i'm paraphrasing right so my response to that in the bible study was like Mm -hmm. that's an inherently 
backwards argument because you're po- you're positing it as like women's bodies are inherently sinful. Mm-hmm. And so just showing any of it ca- would cause our brothers in Christ to stumble. That's just like putting all the onus on us and it doesn't yes. make any sense. Um, yes. And that's purity culture. Obviously, there's like, it, again, it was a lot of the the cultural enforcements that I encountered. I also, the, in Durham, New Hampshire, which is where UNH is, they, the evangelical church there is called DEC, Durham Evangelical Church, and I hated it. I, um, the pastor there was a real, uh, Yosemite Sam of a man, and (laughs) a little guy? (laughs) He was a little guy. He was a little guy with a mustache who just took a lot of liberties with scripture, um, I and again coming and from the Tasmanian the, devil and absolutely <laughs> and no uh, coming from a Catholic background where everything is just reading the Bible directly and then the priest will give a homily maybe about it but it's like right. here we're reading the Bible and the priest will give a homily he'll make his one joke of the hour <laughs> it'll crush <laughs> uh, and and then we go on our merry way. Uh-huh. And also, uh, like a lot of the the Catholic priests, I think pretty much all of the Catholic priests go to like a lot, do a lot of schooling. They have like ad- a mm-hmm. lot of almost mm-hmm. all of them have like advanced graduate degree. They've just done the work. And I was like, this is just some guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And maybe went to a two year Bible college, <laughs> you know, potentially, maybe but not required. And I was like, and his name was Pastor Terry. And I was like, I don't respect anyone named Pastor Terry. Um, and I would also ask him questions after the service and he wouldn't be able to answer them. Like, I would be like, I don't understand your interpretation here. That doesn't make sense to me. Can you explain it? And he wouldn't be able to. And then someone, and then I would tell my friends about that. And I'd be like, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem like someone who should be leading a church. And they were like, Pastor Terry has the gift of preaching, but not the gift of teaching. And I said, mm, that's Hold just up. a, that's a, <laughs> look, that's a, that's a very, that's a very fun rhyme that you just made. Like, oh, I which, which, which is the equivalent. I think that was of, their defense of Terry. Yes. <laughs> that was a pro Terry statement. <laughs> that would be like saying, okay, okay. John's our bus driver. He's great at accelerating. Braking yeah. is not his strength. <laughs> but is, we do want to literally exactly saying all style, no substance. Like that is all that no, they said about it. It really was. It was like very charismatic and it was very yeah. like fi- like almost a little fiery. And mm-hmm. I like he I, I understand that people really liked that, but I just couldn't be there and not be like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on now. Know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And but I was like, you know, with all my 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 issues uh, and my kind of internal struggles within, particularly the uh, collegiate evangelical world, I was devoted. I was yeah. like devout. I was going to church every week. I was in like more than one say, Bible study. It must have just been attention all the time between you, like maybe really genuinely, sincerely trying to be a part of this group. 
because it gave you so much hope, it let you sleep at night, you know, and things like that. And then also getting all this baggage and almost like animosity from people, even though you were trying to engage with it, like in good faith, literally. Yeah. And there was this and one of the girls who was like really central in my group of friends just like did not like me. I ended up like asking her to coffee one day, just being like, hey, I've always felt this weird tension between us and sometimes it's present sometimes it doesn't feel as much like can you like are are we okay like what's and then she just like unloaded on me and was like I don't like basically she just felt like I was a bad influence on other people in the group because like sometimes I would slip swearing sometimes I would like I, I, I don't I didn't make enough of an effort to be like completely perfect or something. And I wasn't one of, like so many of the girls were just these like pious, contrite, mm-hmm. like soft spoken gals. Trad wife. <laughs> like or trad wife. <laughs> yeah. And, training. you know, yeah. she she wasn't she wasn't like this either. She you know, she was like the thing that she clearly struggled with was she was like someone who had a lot of anger and just like. And it would kind of erupt on a select few people, and I was one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a very challenging uh, time, but I you couldn't say I wasn't committed. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I went on mission trips, I went to like on retreats. I wow. uh, like I did all the things you're supposed. I tried did so you volunteer? hard. Volunteer. To- yeah, and I tried so hard to engage with the cultural aspect of it mm-hmm. um, as well. And obviously, that was my whole social life in New Hampshire. Yeah, which At I was going to ask how much of that was motivated by... I mean, honestly, like looking back now, it's it's clear to me that I I went to a brand new school. I didn't know anyone. And I just was like, here is a built-in group. Mm-hmm. Here's a built-in social life. And I was right. And... Some of the people are absolutely lovely. Like, some of them are still people I'm friends with today. 90% of them who I met in those years now have a ton of kids. And they all got married when they were, like, 23. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah. And after college, I just kind of, like, slowly started falling. I, I just wasn't around it as much. It wasn't my whole life mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I just, like, I, I was still going to church but then that also like started petering out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I just, it was like a slow falling away. It wasn't this grand schism I had uh, with Christianity. It was just a, it just felt like a natural progression almost in the way that becoming born again felt to me. It wasn't like an overnight thing. It was, it was, it built up slowly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but it was so funny. I was in New Orleans a few weeks ago and we were in this like really weird thrift store. And the song Our God came on mm-hmm. and I was with my boyfriend. He is very secular. Doesn't our God or Our God is an awesome, which, uh, which oh, version? Oh, like Our God is greater, Our God is stronger. stronger. God, you are oh, yeah. higher, that one, than yes. any other. Yeah. And so my boyfriend was like, this song is fucking weird. And I was like, I know all the words to this song. <laughs> I there and it's crazy. Like it was really like being born again was like three years of my life. Mm. I would consider like I grew I did grow up Christian. Like I went to church, did like, yeah, I taught Sunday school. Like I was 
I grew up Christian, but I really like those three years really soured me on a lot of aspects of cultural Christianity, which I think is if you want to look, if you if you just if you want to take the Bible and use it as like a text, a, a formative text, cultural Christianity and the way that a lot of evangelicals practice and enforce their the rules that they would that they want to see it's just not biblical it's just not it's not in the text mm-hmm. uh so it really it really uh did a number on me yeah because um, it, it can be it gets very literal and also out of context mm-hmm. <laughs> just applied in a modern scenario um and usually to uphold patriarchy or uphold capitalism or all these other structures that exist outside of the church as well and inside of it so there was a group on at UNH that was it was another Christian group and it was larger than Ivy called Crew and it was former Hey Caroline was an alumni of such crew. Big time. Yeah. So I have um, a lot of uh mirrors with what you went through, although I was probably more on the like Christian y side of it. (laughs) Well well I also I also hung out with some people from Crew, uh and Crew formerly called Campus Crusade for Christ, which is much scarier sounding. So crazy. Um, And they're like, yeah, let's reduce it. Let's keep crusade. That's the good part. (laughs) Just just insane. Anyway. Campus Crusade for Christ. And all the couples that I know that came out of crew did not even kiss until their wedding day. Mm-hmm. Which I, I actually agree with, just to be clear, <laughs> Julia. I, I actually think that's good. Yeah, I don't and, know why you said that. Like, that was weird. And even though I've deconstructed, that's one part of my faith I have held on to. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was uh, it was pretty wild. But one of them, she came from, like, a party girl background, and she was really fun and funny. But she was also, like, a zealot, like, hyper devout, was in crew. But she like she and I had a had a like a nice friendship just because we were both kind of like funny and mm-hmm. but ugh, like we would be hanging out and like laughing and having such a good time and then she'd be like like where are you on your walk with Christ? Mm-hmm. <laughs> fun, fun, fun and bucket of ice cold water. <laughs> also she I mean, this is like probably TMI, but I don't care. This is uh I this is this is a big part of it like with purity culture and everything I was this girl who was like fun but also like in crew and hyper devout like we were pretty much the only like she was the only girl that I knew who admitted that she had ever masturbated Mm. and I was like yes I have too and I feel like everyone's lying about I feel like everyone because people in in IV when I would like in my women's bible study in a mm-hmm. in my safe space when I would talk about struggling with it it was crickets just dead oh, silence yeah. just nobody oh yeah and I was like you're all fucking lying <laughs> <laughs> but they honestly would, Julia they would, maybe not Maybe not. I guess that's the other scary. There's a lot of yeah. lot of fear. There's a lot of repression. Like you'd no, be a I, little surprised. I totally understand. <laughs> I totally understand. I'm like I'm deeply repressed too. I guess I just like I do believe. Obviously, it's I believe, shocking either way. I, it no, 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 is, no, 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 no. I but 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 the judgment that I felt for even Ugh, e- even so though sorry. I was even though I was coming to I was coming to that from a place of like, hey, this is a thing that I'm struggling with in my walk with Christ, I would love some support from 
the other women who were supposed to be here to support me. Yeah. yeah. And, and it they, was just like their reaction probably felt like you. Yes. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. Exactly. Like, it was like, oh, ugh. you do that. And yeah. Um, so Victoria, she's never going to listen to this, so I can I'll say her name. But Proper Victoria, who was, who was the one who um, was like who I had that like good friendship with. Like I was like, well, at least Victoria's real. Like at least yeah, even though she's she could like talk about it. She would talk. She would talk about it and be like, yeah, this is like. But then she wanted us to be like accountability partners, and like then I would have to like. Well, that's where all the fun is. Well, they that's call where that, the fun is. they call that jack off buds. Um, yeah, technically. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't know if you guys ever read that book by Kevin Roos, um, The Unlikely Disciple, where he was like a student at Brown and he met these kids from Liberty University like at the beach one summer Mm -hmm. and he realized he didn't know anything about how they lived. He was like, I know more about how Europeans live than I do these people. Uh So he went to Liberty for a semester uh, oh, like I undercover. I, this guy was on um, in God We Lust. He spoke oh. about this experience. Kevin Kevin knows about this podcast. They talked about the Falwells and Liberty University, and this guy talked about that whole semester. But anyway, yeah. So I mean, this is like, and Kevin, I'm sure I don't have to tell you this, but like masturbating is like the thing that that is just like so well trodden in men's ministry i guess um well like, we have a we have a, a mantra that we use here on gcf about that it's all and it's about all about jacking, jacking off, off. <laughs> all about jacking off. and i said that because we were talking about like you know whenever they split the men's and women's groups up it yeah. was like what the topics we dealt with and for boys literally i know it was all about jacking off. Just, this is my struggle <laughs> today this is how i'm struggling i, I messed up the other day i messed up four <laughs> times in the shower well I, I think this is such an interesting part of the the like campus ministry world that you experienced Julia and that you're talking about is like the leaders didn't have to police us we were policing ourselves 100%. each other constantly and such a big part of the culture of being in campus crusade or intervarsity together mm-hmm. was the bible studies and then the bible studies break out into pairs and in the pairs you both feel entitled to each other's entire personal life yeah and then you have to answer to me also for some reason even though i'm also like 13 years old and (laughs) telling you like about masturbating or not understanding the bible or not feeling close to god or whatever and we felt entitled to like speak to each other on that and in some ways that could be healthy but mostly it was yeah just straight up cops on each other's asses all the time especially about anything sexual or dating or kissing or whatever you want to call it like it was it was terrible it was so invasive and it's like how could you make a cop worse that's already bad make it a (laughs) make a sex cop yeah exactly i know yeah it was oh gosh and it was so intense and you you didn't really feel like you had the room to protest against that kind of Mm -hmm. structure because then that was a red flag of like well then what are you hiding you know like what can't you stand to bring to the light of day and bring to god and and be forgiven or whatever you know it's so, it, yeah, it was so stifling. And the reason why I brought up uh, Kevin Roos's book is because he, the thing that I remember from that book, one of the things is that at Liberty University, their campus group specifically dedicated to jacking off is oh, yeah. called Every Man's Battle. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. This is a, a book. It's a book series as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. They just probably borrowed it from this book because that was the straight up. Yeah. That's, and I everyone's mean, porn addicted, of course. Mm, if you look yeah. once, you addicted. 
Yeah, Dick did. Yeah, Dick did. If you've seen uh, the top of a woman's left boob on a billboard, you dicked the porn. You see a girl in leggings and a bikini on the beach. You dicked it. You dicked it. Poor dudes. I feel like every single one of them thought they were like, yeah, needed to go into a 12-step program immediately. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing is that it pathologizes anything sexual Mm -hmm. um, in a way that is that can only set you set you up to have a lifetime of unhealthy sexual experiences and shame and. Also, you know, you see. <laughs> so behind me on my virtual background is um, some imagery. This isn't even for the book. I think it's for some sermon series or something. But it is. It, I think it's imagery that most people would be <laughs> familiar with. It does say every man's battle. And to symbolize, you know, this irrepressible urge to touch yourself. They do have a big chain. A in metal, the a black metal chain. Black metal Huge. chain. Because Heavy. obviously this is the thing chaining you down more than anything. Let's use chain imagery this to is draw the an number one issue. <laughs> well, that's the well, that's the thing too is that there is so in cultural, you know, evangelical cultural Christianity, purity is so centered upon that it was it's so centered, uh, which would make you think that the Bible is just a whole book about how you shouldn't straight up do anything sexual. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's such, especially in the college and high school age yeah. like, level of study. But the, the converse of my, of my role in my, my group of, of evangelical friends is that because I was kind of seen as like one foot in one foot out of the, the secular world. Uh, Ooh, people I, would like confess stuff to you. Yes. Whoop. Yes. Yeah, so if... Uh, well, she's a know, freak. I can tell her anything. Yeah, we're like, she'll get it. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's, a, she's a slut. So um, meanwhile, I had never had sex and they made... They did. I, I was a virgin and they made me feel like a slut. Crazy. Um, and I... So, but the girls who had boyfriends would like confess to me being like, you know, like Jeff and I dry humped last night. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "That's tough." I <laughs> totally, you know, hear you. and I, I know we're that. laughing about it, and I know it's wrong, but I am nostalgic for a dry hump confession, like someone being it's distraught. So, it's so pure. Over jeans on jeans, like mm-hmm. that is that's something that'll mm-hmm. you know never be. I a had a lot of, of again. jeans friction, and I just friction. wanted to talk to you about that. And I was like, "Okay, cool. I'm more of a solo artist myself." But- <laughs> Uh, thank you. I've been breaking up the band. I'm Cher after Sunny and Cher broke up. <laughs> also, it was like it's so cra- it's crazy that I would I really tried earnestly to like curb my mm-hmm. you know all my my lesser impulses. I guess like I didn't swear. I didn't take the Lord's name in vain. I tried. What'd you really do on drinking? Oh, so IV was the cool group in that we would like have a beer every now oh, and again. Yeah. But crew, wow. the the kids and crew would would not. Um, they didn't. They like did not drink. They didn't like the the divide between crew and IV was that IV was like a little bit more lax. We would like you know m- yeah maybe have a few beers. Mm-hmm. Um, the couples would kiss. <laughs> Okay, um, you okay. guys were wild. Okay. Absolutely Woodstock wild. Woodstock over at InterVarsity. 
Um, but no, like a very, uh, a very chaste, chaste little group. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I did all the stuff. I tried really hard not to masturbate and, uh, it, I would go long stretches of not, not doing it. Um, but then what they don't tell you is that if you go a really long time without masturbating and then you finally do, it's the best. (laughs) (laughs) Better than ever. Wow. It's like, wow, I can't believe I ever, I ever stopped. Uh, So my question for you is like with all this, you know, weird cultural stuff tacked on to things, were you still interested or still trying to find just like, okay, just me and God and like my yes. relationship with God yes. and that faith aspect. And were you able to like muddle through and like make, find that? Or was that so convoluted with everything else that it started it was, to also lose the shine and the appeal as well? It was really, it was really hard because the other aspects of it were so, the cultural aspect of it was so loud mm-hmm. um, and it was so overbearing. But I would say like once I graduated from college and I like moved home and I was like, Again, it was just, like, me going to church by myself. I was, like, still trying to to do it. And there's still something, honestly, like, I don't, I'm not practicing at all anymore. But I go to church with my mom on holidays. And uh, there is, there are things about it that I like. And I think that it's just, like, even, <sighs> meditation is the same. It's the it's the same thing as meditation. It's like, it's a, a place to clear your head where you're not looking at your phone for an hour and you can Mm -hmm. just like sit and be quiet. And, and I think that that's nice ultimately. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was, I did try to keep going with it, but I just kind of like, it was just a a gradual falling away. Well, no one can say you didn't give it a fair shake at the end of the day. I did. I really did. And I know that I made myself sound like I was the like, bratty kid of evangelical christianity but i like i really did all the stuff you're supposed yeah. to do i know and yeah. that's what i'm hearing so much in your story and and i i feel so reflected in it too of like listen i i know who i am and i know yeah. that I, I i have not fulfilled these sort of archetypes that have been set before me but i am attending and even like in attendance but then attendance wouldn't be enough in terms yeah. of not even just like going to church every sunday but like showing up for this thing i'm in attendance to this dynamic that we're supposed to have. I'm in attendance to like mutual confession and i.e. bad boundaries with friends. I'm in attendance to all these things. And yet it is still not functioning the way it was promised to. And Mm -hmm. so I do feel, I feel fair in my assessment of, of, of doing away with it because I did try. I really did. And it's so crazy that like the, the, christians that i knew in maryland were like more progressive than the ones in new hampshire you just wouldn't think but like new hampshire is i mean that kind of evangelical christianity was something that i had never seen up close before but yeah that is basically my whole uh my whole spiel my whole story i I feel very seen by it it feels like so reflective of of my experience too Mm -hmm. in a slightly different context but yeah yeah totally i recognize a lot and and i recognize also like being the 
person in Campus Crusade who had come from a Christian school and had already been a lobster boiled in this water, you know, for like years and years. I remember also, like, I would never say this to those friends or even hopefully make them feel this way. But I remember thinking like, oh, if someone said they were Catholic, I would think like, okay, we've got to work on that one a little more. Yes. You know? <laughs> or like, there you go. That's one, not quite there. A little bit more. No, or, or if they, you know, cuss or if they were heavy into drinking, but also like loved Jesus and came to church or whatever, mm-hmm. I would think a little more work to that one, you know? And I was, I was also part of that and trying to hold that line. And then I felt it on myself too for mm-hmm. like really random stuff. And it was, it's oppressive and it's hard. Like sometimes when I would be talking to like in a small group with someone who like and like one person didn't really know me but I would be talking about my struggle like it would be like the explainer like someone someone else in the group be like Julia was raised Catholic oh Oh right yeah 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 yeah. so yeah but but I think mm -hmm. it is an explainer because like the the culture that you were coming up against most people in that group had probably grown up in it you know and like that's all they knew and so the rules were not a surprise for them or even really a a big adjustment you know yeah well Julia thanks for sharing your story and your testimony thank you so much for being your testimony yes my testimony yes that's what it is we call it the guestimony that's this part of the show Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time for another edition of Singles Ministry. It's Singles Ministry. Uh-oh, Julia's triggered. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Singles what happened ministry. there? Where'd you go? Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, that is the the melody of this song is um, Cornerstone. I believe that's the name of the song. Christ the Lord, Cornerstone, weak made strong. You know that song, Caroline, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not seeing the 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 one for one, but. It's sure. uh, it's it's the verse. It's the verse of it going into the chorus. Da 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 da. Christ the Lord. I don't need to sing all of it. Okay, I got you. I got you. All right, I stand corrected. Which we used to talk about how funny it was for worship pastors to start the verse in the first chorus very low, so they could make that octave jump. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So we start crying. Christ the Lord. Cornerstone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the format in which we take one single song and we talk about it at length, discuss it, deconstruct it, and talk about the themes. Maybe listen to cover versions of it, see how other people have interpreted it. And the song today 
is the Sufjan Stevens song from 2004 from his album Seven Swans, To Be Alone With You. Julia, seven Swans for Seven Sisters. Seven Swans for Seven <laughs> Sisters, which of course, yeah, for Seven Sisters was the follow-up album, and they started doing all that state stuff. Uh, <laughs> Julia, aside from Sufjan, as far as Christian pop culture went, uh, what were you listening to, watching, experiencing in that context when you were in IV and all that stuff? When I was in IV, I was listening to Christian. I mean, I was still listening to secular music. Um, and I could never get fully on board. You're probably sensing a pattern here. I could never get fully on board <laughs> with um, just only listening to Christian music. And I, because so much of it is bad. It's so um, good that you, oh, it's so bad. Okay. Mine uh, finish your sense. Yeah. Do you know, uh, did you, have you guys listened to the new Lucy Dacus album? No, I've been mean to. I love um, the first night shift. I love all that. Oh, yeah. it's incredible. So she has this song called VBS. VBS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Oh it's just God. like, it, like the first line is in the summer of 07. I was sure I'd go to heaven. Uh, oh, my God. But I was hedging my bets at VBS. And one of the lines in the song is, your poetry was so bad, it took a lot to not laugh. <sighs> And I do feel that that was my entire experience with 99% of, mm, of Christian art, music. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Christian music and movies. It's like, it's so bad and we're supposed to just accept it. Like, it doesn't have to be. And, you know, Kevin Kevin sent me this article um, from The Atlantic about, about Sufjan making, like, faith-based music. It's like, Christian art doesn't have to be bad. Mm-mm. Michelangelo was a Christian artist. Beethoven and Handel, the Messiah. Yeah. All so those boys. I just all the fellas and um <laughs> the squad. The squad. The dudes. But it's just like so much of it was bad. There was some like pretty there was some like decent Christian music. But most of it is... Oh, Caroline got excited that you're about to transition to DC Talk, which, of course, the DC does stand for Decent Christian. Decent Christian. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately. Decent Christian. Um, it's... Most of it is unlistenable. And that that's the thing I saw with, like, Christian music and films is that we were just supposed to... Like, we were not supposed to critique it as art. Like, it was above critique. Isn't that funny? There's, um, oh God, that reminds me, there's this book, I think, called Bambi versus Godzilla by David Mamet, who I wouldn't read today, but I do remember reading it in college. And he was talking about how certain sort of Oscar bait movies had dramatic stakes that were the equivalent of bringing guns to knife fights, where the the mm-hmm. thematic content or the stories in them were so overwhelmingly important or dramatic or sincere, like terms of endearment. It's a cancer drama. It's about someone dying of cancer. So don't you need to like pay attention to that? And it sort of eroded any ability to have constructive thought or discourse around it. And there's definitely yeah. versions of that today, but it's kind of like what you're saying, Julia, where if something is made in this sincere mode and as a vessel for worship or as a means to bring about the gospel or the good news, it's like, well, don't don't be mean about it because it's for this very important thing. Why would you? Yeah, yeah. Throw- we need all the help we can get. You know, they put some effort into it, and if you critique it, well, then the hose will figure it out, and then they'll <laughs> be able to think they can critique it too, mm-hmm. and they don't have to take this seriously. Yeah, which is why on GCF we strive to uh, 
take Christianity and put a gun to its head, as a uh, very devout 100%. Christian friend of mine described was the premise of our show uh, in the so early funny. stages on. <laughs> but it. yeah, I was definitely listening to, like, I, I had, like, a whole playlist of, of Christian music that I would listen to. Uh, like Chris, Chris Tomlin. I dabbled a little bit in jars of clay. Mm-hmm. You drank um, from the jars from time to I, time. I drank from the jars. There was this woman named Christy something that I who I listened to. The fact that I had an excuse to listen to to Sifion in a way that was like I could be like he's Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm really being very so it's all good. He created the bridge. He uh-huh. was the blueprint. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Sufyan is a good example of how Christian art doesn't have to be bad. Um, actually, I will say "To Be Alone with You" is not one of my favorite of his songs. But uh, I, I mean, his album "Songs for Christmas" is like the ultimate cool, cool Christian hack into Christmas music that's not like overly saccharine or too emotional. It's like, but there, I mean, he has come thou fount of every blessing on there, which Mm -hmm. is like not usually included on, but it's like a beautiful hymn. I just thought that a lot of contemporary Christian music was so corny and bad. And I was like, it doesn't have to be like this. Mm -hmm. And it's strange. Um, Yes. Sufjan does sort of stand still now as one of the only well-known exceptions to this. That is not Renaissance art. Yes. something in the modern world <laughs> that people can point to and say like that's ah, fairly okay or good or you know and even yeah. even people have gotten annoyed by him and there is like a specific way i think that he's conducted his career in public image stuff to be fairly controlled about this by the way just off the top of your head how old would you guess sufjan steven is what it what his age is i mean for me he is like forever 30 but he's got to be like 40 in his 40s right what, what do you think he is caroline i actually saw it today <laughs> okay he is 46 years old <gasps> which feels wild he actually just well, he this month he turned 46 years old a couple that days is ago. so wild i mean i will say that like i first became aware of him in high school because and i was going in going into my freshman year of high school because that's when illinois came out everything that he divulges is very controlled Mm -hmm, i have mm -hmm. seen him in concert when i um when uh carrie and lowell dropped oh sure Mm -hmm. saw him touring that i wept during that concert so beautiful he (laughs) makes like incredible music Mm-hmm. He really does. His most recent stuff, I don't like. I don't know. He's been doing some very experimental stuff that I think has not worked, if I'll, I'll okay. be so bold. Yeah, bold his last album was The Ascension. That was last year. Yeah, it's a lot of like, like electro pop. You know, there's, I, not to be reductive or binary about it, but with Sufjan, there's two different kinds of modes he operates in, and one of them is plick pluck, and one of them is beep boop. And the Ascension was more of a bee boop, I think, overall. And uh, and even veering into bleep blorp uh, at times. Bleep, I, mm-hmm. I do I do think the Ascension was very bleep blorp. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that, yeah, that's I mean, our and on the And then age there's of... also a third one, which is Ho Ho Ho. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but Ho Ho Ho, you can actually find... Or Jingle Bells. The binary with that, because Songs for Christmas is very plick pluck. And then his follow-up Christmas song album, very bleep blorp. 
very yes. different, which like <laughs> no one bumps that one at all. Like that no. huge compilation of Sufjan songs. So that was Julia's introduction to him. Caroline, you talked about um, your little guy and uh, <laughs> your A&R man in, in high school. And then it was high school for me as well. It was getting into Illinois and it wasn't necessarily through a Christian lens. All the Christianity stuff came to me as a surprise later, given the yes, sort of same. the same. critical acclaim that seemed to be yes. undeniable and trying to understand music and mu- music criticism or reading like Mojo and Q at the time. And everyone was super into Illinois. It's the best album of the year and blah, blah, blah. And he writes this sort of mode and like, um, uh, yes, that sort of undeniability. And then he would crop up in more accessible points like on a compilation of songs from the oc volume one which i believe this song (laughs) was on from the television series the oc so this song in particular is from seven swans which is a very basically religious album there's songs on there about the transfiguration there's songs on there about uh abraham's encounter with god um there's like not that there's not even really allegory on it it's just retelling or or like reconstruction of some of that stuff but um and we'll listen to a little bit of it right now That's a little bit of it, and it goes on and on like that. Very sparse, a short song, clocking in under three minutes, two minutes, and 48 seconds. I, just, I take back what I said. I do really like that song. Uh, I said it's not one of my favorites. <laughs> Immediate really like retraction. She back. I, I mean, Sufjan excels in the plick pluck. We love the plick pluck. Um, this also starts, yes, part of the discourse as we we're discussing. I'm going to throw a meme up on the screen for us to look at, uh, which is the anime butterfly meme, which is, of course, <laughs> straight people who listen to Sufjan Stevens, the butterfly is clearly gay lyrics, and he's saying, is this about God? Question mark. <laughs> which is maybe slightly reductive, because again, it's not binary. It doesn't have to be one thing or another. But I think... What I remember once I did kind of start getting involved, at least in in some of the dialogue or discourse about Sufjan's performance of Christianity and spirituality and his lyrics and how there wasn't a didacticism. And in fact, there was a didacticism he was very vocally an opponent of. And he would talk about CCM being a product and the cubicles of Nashville and like his performance of faith was very private. And then sometimes it would leak out into the lyrics as every part of his life, I guess, is private that then would leak out into the lyrics from time to time. It was interesting that people singled out on the sort of rapturous passion and intimacy and tenderness of a song like this, that faith or a personal relationship with Christ, which is such a uh, Protestant evangelical talking point of how faith is supposed to function in the 21st century, 
was there was such a crystallization of this and like oh you want to be alone with this person you want time with this person and it is analogous to at least in this song and in people's interpretation of it the time you spend with a romantic partner in this way and you know what's so funny is that there are in bad christian music there is or there's so much uh especially from female christian artists of like jesus is my husband <laughs> oh yeah the god or boyfriend oh, yeah. uh yes it is we're such having a, trope. a traditional wedding <laughs> but it will be barn themed there will be burlap and jars burlap yeah, and jars <laughs> yeah I mean, um, this this theme comes comes up over and over again in Sofiane's music, and this kind of like opacity around: is it gay or is it about God? There's literally uh, a Facebook group called um, "Is this Sufjan Stevens song gay or just about God?" Which was based yeah. on this like viral message board thread that went on and on and on. Which you know, that's very funny, and I I think this is where he excels. I just really I really do I. But I mean, there's definitely like a lot of, there's just a lot of like faith-based Christian references that come up in his music over and over again. Mm-hmm. Sure. How'd it hit you, Caroline? I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to make a strong Oh my God. statement. Here we go. I think that this song is definitely about Jesus. Um, I think the lyrics make that pretty clear, but I think... I think it is about Jesus, but I think it could possibly be about the confusing queer love you can feel for Jesus, especially if you're in the middle of purity culture and maybe you don't have a place to put romantic love or you're not allowed to if you're not in a relationship or on the path to marriage and literally in premarital counseling. I think, yeah, and and I think that's why so many of our songs sound romantic about God because it's they are romantic because they are the feeling that you have and all the romantic imagination that you would normally put into a partner or a group of partners or whatever, you just put all on to Jesus and that's seen as actually appropriate because no one has quite put it together that that's kind of fucked up Mm -hmm. and a little bit not a good boundary to have with someone who is like your God. But, um, and I think Sufjan probably knew that when he was writing this song and as someone who is at least open to like being near the queer sphere, is that a place, <laughs> is that a place, the queer, the queer sphere? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, like he, he wrote the music for call you by my name or he wrote some songs for that. Call me by your name and everything. Like he's obviously not trying to actively avoid that world or anything, but in this period, maybe he was talking about that of like, I have romantic feelings for a man and the man is God because actually who could I admire more and who has loved me better and has seen me better than this person who is like the pinnacle of perfect character and love and sacrifice. You know? Okay, you know who it reminds me? His, the way that he writes about, the way that he writes, period, you know, his lyrics reminds me of Walt Whitman a little bit. It's that like homoerotic, but also it's like elegiac. It's yeah, it's like very deep it's, admiration. It's yeah, Gosh, and it, there's love, in in yeah. that song uh-huh. "Futile Devices." Sufjan said, uh, "Like I think of you as my brother," and I know that yeah. that sounds dumb, but yeah. it's like clearly a love song. Yeah, yeah, it's all mixed in there. And I think there's something nice about reexamining this song from 2004 and 2021. Gay panic is not as much of a punchline 
or a specter in the image of men loving each other sincerely. So at a time that, you know, when this launched all these like memifications about, you know, the, the question of queerness and stuff. Now you can kind of, or at least for me, I feel like I can, like Caroline was saying, can kind of behold it as something that is romantic and, and maybe there is like a, a sexual bent to it all. But then I, I feel like now we are minds are more primed for being able to accept like, Oh, there is like, there's such a thing as like, Oh, 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 intense passionate romantic love between two people that might be of the same gender or two people that, that is as valid and doesn't need to be, you don't need to do the calculus and math of like, Oh, is this actually, is it one or the other? Yeah. Is it one or the other, like the binary, but then also like, is he, uh, uh, projecting something where it's like, oh, he wants to like have sex with Jesus, essentially. Like, which I think is a joke we've made on this show like many, many months ago, years ago, before mm. before we got. Should <laughs> bring it back. Yeah, we should definitely bring it back. Um, but yeah, that's why it's so interesting to behold the song now and just kind of like. It's not one thing or the other, and especially in the context of the other songs on the album, there's no straight across the plate sort of perspectives as far as like the spiritual themes go on Seven Swans. It's always coming at it from a slightly different angle. It's not just like, like praise and worship is always, you're great, I suck, whatever, like ver- versions and variations on Praise this. and worship is like hitting you. There's no poetry to it. It's just hitting you over the head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just the information. It. It's, it's just, just the transaction. It's the facts. Yeah. It's the facts. Hey, guys, you get a lot of good water metaphors. Yeah. There's some poetry there. Oceans. oceans as the deer panteth for the water. Waves, yes. et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, you're right. I don't Ponds. Wanna, I don't want to disrespect the, the, great, the great poets of yesteryear uh, of, <laughs> of Christian praise and worship music. But no, it just kind of gets sprinkled in here and there with Sofian, except for obviously like songs for Christmas where he, the original song uh the original songs that he wrote are pretty explicitly christian on that album like put the lights on the tree is even though it's like this fun kind of like upbeat plick pluck uh song it's like tell him jesus christ is here tell him we have none to fear stuff like that uh when i was first talking to kevin about this that song on Illinois is Casimir Pulaski Day. They're the lyrics Tuesday night at the Bible study. Uh, we lift our hands and pray over your body, but nothing ever happens. Like, yeah, it's just a color. It's just like a narrative thing. There's no yeah, uh, didacticism back, it's to speak of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just like it's part of the art, which like honestly, I wish more Christian artists would do because their music would be so much better. But there's so much, so much of Christian art is like the performativity of how Christian can you be? Most and, popular Christian art. Yes. Yeah. I think there are quite a few Christian artists, especially now, that talk a lot about being queer and having doubt and sticking to the poetic side or the critical side of uh, Christianity, but they are not sponsored by Nashville. Mm. So you will not hear them. They're similar. <laughs> They're great. Similar Baldridge's project. They're, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it does yeah. exist in a different way. And There's it's so like, many of those artists. So you yeah. can walk, they run, et cetera. But just like, yeah, uh, showing a, a different sort of path. Yeah. For this sort of but thing. you're, uh, but I understand like your, <laughs> your 
sentiment still stands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the most popular Christian music is is simplified into that way. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say the lyrics being, I'd swim across Lake Michigan, I'd sell my shoes, I'd give my body to be back again in the rest of the room to be alone with you. You gave your body to the lonely, they took your clothes, you gave up a wife and a family, you gave your goals, which is very last temptation of Christ in terms of the, the max of like, you could have... Man, you could have had a relationship. Could've you could have had a. You could have fucked God. Why didn't you <laughs> fuck? And then the tag with that is to be alone with me. You went up on a tree. I've never known a man who loved me, which is yes, of course, very explicit. And I've never known who ma- a man who loved me. We can write 500, 500 word essays about everything you know in the context of that, and that's loaded in there. Yeah, I think that he is uh, he is the best in the game because there are entire. I mean, there are definitely people who don't who just love his music and don't know that he's he's Christian. Although that would be maybe that's not true. Maybe that would be. But I just think like he is a very or don't give a shit. Probably who don't care. It's like he that. is a very mainstream artist. Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, yeah. So, given that there's so many people that can listen to him and appreciate him irreligiously. Uh, I think it's time for a segment called Cover Me. Cover me. <laughs> Where we go to <laughs> YouTube.com and we do see the sort of artists out there doing different interpretations of his song. Now, we have, you know, Caroline, we've done this segment a couple of times on this show. We have the standard stuff. We have... Oh my God, an acapella group. We have an acapella group doing a version of this. all in their uh like school sport uniforms for some reason <laughs> it's adorable okay if you guys weren't here i would be crying i'm sorry i would You're be looking at that michael sarah man absolutely thinking, fucking sobbing i am moved listen to this lead uh harmony they do together Oh my god, That's a he's perfect impression. Wait, they are both like queer culture, the two of them. Yes, yeah, so there's, you know, there's many different kinds of covers like that of the song. But friends, I and I don't mean to, you know, put too much weight on this. I was just browsing through and I came across this man named Frank Watkinson. Frank Watkinson is this man who looks like he's probably in his 50s or 60s, living in the UK. Just chilling and hanging out, doing some covers, doing some original songs, just hanging out with his dog. The description of the video is, once again, I must remind you, this is not a lesson, as it's just my way of playing it. There are loads of covers out there, more like the original. I was only really practicing it, but notice Marshall didn't budge. Marshall is his dog. Marshall didn't budge, so he must have been happy with it. So call it a work in progress. It's this very tender, sweet older man from the UK and I just want to play a teeny tiny bit of it I'd swim across Lake Michigan I'd sell Back again in the rest 
You know, while just doing the research for this show today and just going through, I was just floored <laughs> by that just mundane, gorgeous beauty of like a. You know why though, right, Kevin? Why is that? That's literally you in the future. Hey, shut up. <laughs> He's my looper. I'm his, rather. Yeah, I was gonna oh say, my God. like, if we didn't know that there was evidence of the multiverse, now we do. Because I'm looking uh, at wait, old that was right like there. so beautiful. What a sparse and beautiful tender. cover i can't nice voice too really good oh my i'm so I'm, tender i'm chilled to the bone by that <laughs> thanks chilled to the bone <laughs> okay and people frank Watkinson is his name on on youtube and his his comments are just so many people being like this made me cry i love this, this is a beautiful cover and all of his captions and stuff are like these really humble like i'm just trying this out and it's just me and marshall hanging out together and i did go to his paypal and tip him because i thought it was very good. moving oh so you can He's do so that too, the well it's money right back into your own pocket but <laughs> just right. the sentiment yeah, still stands in the future actually it'll be more valuable because of bitcoin and whatnot yeah I'm it's really an investment in yourself <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay, anything else we want to cover about this song? Anything? Well, I think it's time now to rate the song the way this works. Julia, we're going to give a thumbs up or thumbs down in the form of a holy toast or holy roast. Holy toast is a thumbs up. This is us sending the song to heaven. Heaven Holy roast is a thumbs down. That's when we're sending it, unfortunately. (laughs) Or if we're not sure, we can take it to the space between. Purgatory. Oh my God! Well, you know, yeah, I'm. I was raised Catholic. I very much uh, understand purgatory. Yeah, you get no. That's kind of why so. we provide the option to make you feel Thank comfortable. Thank you so much. So we'll start Thank with you. Caroline, as per usual. Oh, I mean, holy toast, of course. Uh, a beautiful song. Uh, the simplicity is deceptive because there's so much to think about and to wonder about with this song, especially if you come from a Christian background and you got all the context. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, holy toast. Love it. Holy beautiful. toast. We turn to Julia. Oh, it's a holy toast for me. Uh, two toasts <laughs> up all the way up to Two heaven. toasts up. Whole loaf um, of toast. Breakfast is served. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, Sufyan is the only one going to heaven. I think maybe oh, out yeah. of all of us. Yeah, out of I all think of that's us. He's <laughs> the only one. Sufyan mm-hmm. and maybe Dolly Parton, maybe Jimmy Carter, maybe mm-hmm. uh, the, the 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 three Musketeers: Dolly, Jimmy, and Sufyan. I'm sorry, I don't think any presidents go to heaven personally. No, I no, I actually, there. I should say that I have said no before on the. Go re- to no, no way. No presidents go to heaven is a good <laughs> thing. To, but blood on their hands. No, one hundred percent. But I have said before, I do think that Jimmy Carter is the only president who is not going to hell. Uh, I because mm, sure, he seems sure. he seems like he has he seems like his entire post presidency has been just reckoning with the fact of having been president and atoning for it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. that's actually an and interesting. There, but you'd need three lifetimes. <laughs> <laughs> so again, I sorry, Jimmy. Love your work. Love the charity. Love all that. But um, I will see you in hell. G- GCF <laughs> is saying APAB as per usual. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. APAB. 
I give it obviously a holy toast to Good Lord. And it's a, it almost feels like reductive and silly and stupid, like the best kind of music, like the best kind of art to try to deconstruct it or find meaning in it in any way. But I do like the sort of um, the sort of uh, elusiveness of the song. The fact that we do know so little about Sufjan. I don't know if he's still a Christian. I don't know anything about his personal or private life. I know he made a Tumblr post five years ago railing against white nationalism for the election of the last president. But other than that, I have no clue what's going on with him. And I like that the song just exists in that space rather than me, okay, Taylor dated this guy, so I think this song is about this. I like that it is just yeah. an entity, an organism unto itself that I can find mm-hmm. or not find whatever I want in it yeah so i appreciate it for that reason so that's my vote and you can give it a vote yourself get out there at christian fun pod and pokemon go to the polls guess what <laughs> Goes the economy. and every vote you give this song goes to the economy as per usual and now it's time to bring it down dim the lights light the candles in here and Julia, we're not here to promote ourselves or plug our projects or our podcasts or our social media handles. We're here to lift them up to the Lord. Oh my God, this humble... is this cadence and this music is so triggering, right? I can't. I... That's why we use it. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. Oh my God, this is. Uh... Oh, I'm thinking about my own mortality so much right now. Good, good, good. And we start with Caroline. Um, you can lift me up at Caroline's Farts. Um, as my recommendation from pop culture, I'm back in the TV game, and I just watched the show Halston on Netflix with Ewan McGregor, who sure does love to do that voice. I'm uh, Halston. The whole voice. Um, but I don't know. I like fashion. I, I really enjoyed that show. Um, it's a little dark, so be warned going in, but it's also pretty fabulous and gave such a good context for what was going on in the 70s and 80s and in, in this that world of fashion. Mm-hmm. So it's great. Halstead, yes, that's one of the Ryan Murphy shows he made for Netflix, and I think probably most notable and famous for episode two features uh, Kelly Bishop in one of her (gasps) only on-screen roles in this decade. That's right. Thus far. She's great. There's a lot of very old woman actors in that show. So I gotta and check like, this shit going out. Going at it with him and you, and yeah, and they're great, and they're like, you know, obviously seasoned and amazing. I mean, that I, I will, it's like from what my my gay male friends have told me the most of the experience of being a gay man is just extreme reverence for actresses over 60 <laughs> you know sometimes it can be part of the straight male experience too and i'm trying to normalize that for my normalize, community a little bit normalize extreme deference for actresses over 60 mm-hmm. absolutely and that's why i'm watching my podcast uh, caroline did spoil the name but it is called seasoned and amazing it's when in which i talk to women <laughs> over 60 and just with hearts in my eyes over the zoom call how did you do it how does it happen uh, thank you caroline we turn it to julia julia what do you have to lift up um but you can lift me up on my my it just terrible twitter account uh at oh julia tweets um i'm there all the time um my pop culture recommendation uh would be what i've been i've just been burning through which is um patrick radden keefe's empire of pain about the sackler family uh been the corruption of the history of corruption of big in big pharma that was the um, opioid family yes oh yeah um and also uh jamie loftus's act cast yeah. about I the, just started listening to that too the it's Kathy so good. Hummus, it's very She's good the best. Oh, yeah. it's great yeah 
Hell yeah, thank you, Julia. Uh, you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere. I will lift up a new podcast, actually, from Christianity Today. They have started a podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, starring the notorious PMD himself, Pastor Mark Driscoll, who, of course, did oh not God. participate or cooperate at all in the making of it. But basically, what the hell happened to one of the most successful megachurch stories that then crumbled and fell a few short years later after it started? So uh, definitely within the cross-section of interest of people listen to this show uh in that one and eye into what exactly happened and they interview people and you know christianity today has put out stuff that i don't necessarily agree with but they are not wild they're not um too off the mark as far as all that stuff goes um so it's definitely a great sort of like docu-series look at all that stuff i don't know how many parts it is but super well done it's super well produced at least thus far so people can check us check that out and you can check us out at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Patreon.com slash good Christian fun. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We donate a dollar to charity. And of course, it's the month of July. Summer is here. And this month's charity is Endlon. Do you want to tell us about this charity, Caroline? Yeah, it uh, stands for the National Day Laborer Organizing Network. Mm-hmm. Um, I did just kind of go with Inlon. Maybe it's just N-D-L-O-N. Is yeah, it definitely is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I love that you, you made it kind of a full fun Inlon. word. Uh, <laughs> they probably Like Enron. Another great yeah, organization. They, um, they support worker rights and migrant rights, and a lot of our workers are um, immigrants, and so just kind of helping them uh, get the rights they need and protection that they need and deserve. Oh, yeah. Julia, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you so thank much you, for Julia, having me. For a treat. What oh my gosh. A fun time. Wow. Uh, yes. You are blessed. You are loved and highly favored on this show. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I have you, you know what? Come back here and talk about jacking off anytime you want to. The oh, door's always thank open. Thank you so much. Always, welcome. always a blessing <laughs> we'll to We'll be talk your about accountability partners, but we're holding you accountable to keep jacking off. Do more. Yeah, do some more. And there's nothing left to say except for an all of Pod's people said, Amen. Now I'm want I'm go- I want to close on a song that Julia mentioned before, which is of course uh, Sufyan's version of "Come Thou Found," which is of course like a classic traditional hymn. A but banger. I do want to play his version of it that did appear in a commercial for all of this Garden. holiday. We're pulling up chairs and putting down phones. We're raising our glasses and lifting our spirits. Here, the hottest gift is a fresh-baked breadstick. Heartwarming new recipes are coming right out of the oven. And we're touring the classics of Italy without leaving the table. At Olive Garden, the best holiday gift... Oh, of course there's a veteran. So join us, because we're all family here. Get together for unlimited soup, salad, and breadsticks lunch, just $6.99. Why bother if you're just going to use the instruments from it? <laughs> Even like his voice? Sufjan, I don't fault him for getting the bag. I Maybe it bought him a few more bird costumes, so good Never. for him, I guess. Sufjan um, said, I will say... let the troops go to Olive Garden using my music. <laughs> <laughs> you can say you know, what? just like the pasta at Olive Garden, God's love is bottomless. Don't care. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Goodbye.
That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>